Um, I'm going I'm to kind of mix up a sermon time with some reporting uh, from, and some stories to share about our Love Does Week. So I'm going to just read out of, first, or out of, out of John uh, chapter, uh, hold on, there it is, John chapter 13. And we're talking about, today's title is Love Does, and that comes off of the heels of our projects, our, our Love Does Week, that, that love is actually a verb, right? That love should be something that we, we do, not just we say or that we feel. It should be active in us. And, um, and it's so important for us to understand that the, the theme verse of our church is from John 13. It's verses 34 and 35. And it says this, I give you a new command. This is Jesus speaking. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Such an important passage of scripture for us to think about and to, to make sure that that's our focus as a church, that we are not just saying we love, not just feeling love, that we actually show love and care and support for each other. And, and listen, I, I, I love being a part of this church family. Um, you guys are amazing. You, you blow each other away every week, every month, all the time, daily, with the way that you love one another and, and the way you love the community. So I'm proud to be part of this church family. I'm proud, proud of all of you. I'm proud to, uh, to be involved in ways to serve uh, one another and, and to serve our community. So I want to go through just three points. And there, there is a uh, notes sheet you can follow along with. You can use it as a discussion later on. Um, but these will be brief, and then we're going to bring some folks up to share some stories and some, some ways that uh, love does was impacted their lives or other people's lives. So today, let me pray for us. Let's do that first, and then we'll get into point number one. God, we commit this time to you. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather, God, to, to worship you and to, to tell you how amazing you are. God, now as we look to your word, we ask that you would open our hearts and minds to be receptive and responsive to it, Lord, that we would, we would know the, the spirit is guiding us and guiding us into truth and away from sin. Lord, our desire is to make much of you, not much of us. God, our desire is to be obedient to you and not to our own fleshly desires. God, we want to love you because you have first loved us. Help us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I just read uh, that, that passage out of John. I'll read again. But uh, in, in the idea of love does, number one is this. Love does out of loving obedience. Love does out of loving obedience. Um, I, I think it, it should go without saying, but it, it can't. Because I think there are oftentimes we, me, you, have served in some capacity, in some form, just like, oh, I better show up. I better put in my time, right? That is not love. That's obedience. And now, I, I share that with my children often. Like, there are, we, we ought to, I want to uh, draw in the, the affection of my children towards my heart, and I want to capture their heart. I want them to want to obey their mother and I, right? I want them to want that. I want them to desire that. But it's super important for us to know there are times where we don't feel it. We don't feel like obeying. We don't feel like just, I want, so we, we should obey still. But really, when we talk about love does, it should come from a place that says, I, I'm lovingly obeying Jesus. I want to obey. That, that was a command we just read a minute ago, right? Jesus says, a new command I give to you, love one another. Love one another. How? Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. This is important. This is the one another. He's talking about you and I, by the way. It's not even looking outside the body of Christ yet. It's just you and I, how we love one another. And he says it's a command, right? It's a command. And, and he, but he, he says, this is, this is my example. He says, I'm going to be the example for you. You're to love one another just as I love you. Do you think Christ went to the cross begrudgingly just to obey the Father? No, Hebrews says that what? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He lovingly responded to the Father's will and lovingly looked at you. For God so loved the world that he sent his Son, right? And, and, and the Son went to the cross because he loved you. And the Son went to the cross because he loved me. The example he said is, I'm going to obey out of love. And when I love someone, it's actually from the depths of love, not just, I guess I should do this because I'm supposed to be nice to people. And that's our example. And then it shows, he says, this is my command, love one another. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By what? By the way we love one another. The way you and I treat and love one another shows the world that's peering into our lives and to our community, to our small groups, to our, our home Bible studies, to the way we, we treat one another. 
They're peering in. And, and Jesus says, by the way you love one another, the world will know that you belong to him. That you are his disciples. I, I don't know about you, I want to be known for that. I want to be known as one of Christ's disciples. I want to be not just, oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a Southern Baptist. I'm a part of that church. I mean, that could, could be good things. But when it comes down to it, am I a follower of Christ? Am I a disciple of Christ? And, and the way that the world knows that is through our love for one another. First uh, John, John writes, we love because why? Because he first loved us. That's the motivation. He first loved us. He showed us that example. And by his love, now we can love others as well. But it has to come from the heart. I want to read a passage out of James as well. So it's not just obey, just, just do what I say. Right? It has to come from love as he first loved. And then James talks about this a little, a little bit in more depth about this idea of what pure religion is and, and what we should look like. And I, it's in James 1, starting in verse 22. It says this, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now, let's stop there for a minute. It's important to get this because I just got done saying we shouldn't be motivated by just obey. It should be from love to obey. And then James says, listen to the word and do it. But he doesn't totally just say that, right? He says, don't just be a a hearer of the word, deceiving yourself, right? Like there's a way that we can obey. There's a way that we can just kind of see it and say, I'm going to go through the motions. And we are actually deceiving ourselves, the heart from the core of who we are. Our obedience must come from the heart, from our love for God. He says, because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like someone looking at his own face in the mirror. He looks at himself, he goes away, and immediately forgets forgets what kind of person he was. He forgets what kind of person he was. See, when we talk about obedience, we have to go to the core of our heart and say, what kind of person, who am I? From where am I obeying? Is it from, I need to do it, I need to look this way, I need to live up to expectations? Or is it from the heart that says, Christ first loved me, so I'm now going to love out of the depths of me. And out of that love comes my obedience. It says, but the one who looks intently, we need to look intently, not just kind of skim over it, look intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer. This person will be blessed in what they do. There's this blessing. That's why Jesus could say, I, I came and I loved you, but I did it for the joy or the blessing set before me. The blessing was that he would bring many sons and daughters to glory. So if anyone thinks he's religious, goes on talking about this religious person. Okay, fine, you're, you think you're uh, uh, listening to the word of God, you think your heart is in the right spot, but he says, if anyone thinks he's religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is useless and he's deceived himself. Again, deceiving himself. We, we could take and say that out of the overflow of the heart, what scripture says, Jesus says, the, what? The mouth speaks, right? We, what, the tongue is the tattletale of the heart. The tongue is the tattletale of the heart. It's horrible, isn't it? If we were to evaluate ourselves, like that's, it's true. The tongue tells what's going on inside here. So if, if, if James brings that up, he must very much be all about the heart. You got to look inside yourself. Don't deceive yourself. What is in your heart? And, and you can know by what comes out of your mouth. He goes on in verse 27. Pure and undefiled religion before God, the Father is this to look after widows and orphans in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So there is a form of pure religion. Like, what does this devotion look like? It, it goes back to what Jesus' command was. What did he say? A new command I give you, what? Love one another. As I have loved you, you are to love one another. And it has to be from the heart, so you need to be unstained from the world, and you can tell if you're there or not by what comes out of your mouth, because that's the tattletale of the heart. So love does, out of Loving obedience. And, and I love that passage when we talk about love one another. And by this, the world will see that, that we are his what? Disciples. It's plural, right? This is talking about the, you and I as the body. It's that when we come together, we unite in this. That we desire to love one another, to bear each other's burdens. And, and as we do that together, it draws us closer together to one another. But it also shows off the love we have for the community, the love we have for the Lord. It's so important for us to do that. Uh, at this moment, I want to um, ask Mike and Chase and Ross if they would come on up. We're going to have a little time of sharing. If you guys want to come up and have a seat right over here.
There you go, buddy. I don't need it. Thanks. Yeah. Well, we're recording this, so you need it. <laughs> so I, I just, in the, in the idea and the heart of, of this idea of unity and, lo- and, and loving people and loving one another and that, that obedience actually comes from love, um, I wanted to share, just get your thoughts and your, maybe a story or something that really impacted you in those ways uh, at, through, these, through these service projects. Now, all of you worked, um, actually, three of you worked on a lot of these projects. On, on most of these things, you were present or, or involved. So just, I know there's a lot of things you could share, but just share some, some of your heart. What was impactful in, in what you saw uh, as we worked together and what you saw as, as we blessed and served the community? God's working in this community in other churches. And that's awesome to see coming together and being a part of the body. All of us are the body. Mm-hmm. And it was a fun day. We went to the park. We went to the park and we cleaned up in the park. And, and you know, you go with the intention of you're going to do this. And then you got to go do this, which is something different. It was wonderful in the fact that Lori uh, Strambler. Strambler. Stan had passed away. He was up here to move that very day. So Brandon had mentioned to me, hey, if there's enough guys over there, could we help her go to U-Haul truck? It was last minute. We had seven guys show up over there to help. She was floored in the fact that we were able to get this together and be a part of that. And we weren't looking for recognition, but I just am so thankful. God put that, you ran into Lori. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't something she called and asked for, but Brandon, God put Brandon in her path. He mentioned, oh, I'm here to move. I got a U-Haul, whatnot. And we were able to put it together and get her out of here. Long before she thought she thought she was going to be here a couple of days, we loaded her by, I think, middle of the afternoon, and she was leaving within the hour after we finished. So, it yeah. was, and it's awesome to work alongside brothers and sisters who were there, who were there, and even at all of the projects, it was, it was incredible, awesome to be able to, to show others the love of God in this community and share that with them. So it's cool. It was interesting with, with that. That was our, we were doing um, donut deliveries for first yeah. responders that morning. So I had gone earlier that morning um, to go get donuts for that, that project. And, uh, and that's where I ran into Lori. Lori was there and, and I hadn't seen Lori since her husband had passed. And, and you know, she was, she was grieving and struggling and she had, she had hoped that she had enough people and I, I just, God, God, again, orchestrated that and said, hey, you know, maybe we need to go help and serve in that way if we can. And it sounded like she had maybe enough help and, and she'd be okay, but it was still another one of those ways. This is how we can love a sister who just so happens to be here on, on Love Does Day, and uh, it worked out. So, so it's just seeing that, that not only can we come together as a community and do that, but God is orchestrating those details that we don't have to get all kind of in, in a tiz yeah. because plans shift or change, right? We just say, I, I'm here to lovingly serve. And, and that, that reveals the heart, too, right? When, we, when we're upset because a plan changed, we may not have been there for the right reason. We were there for the job instead of actually from, from the heart, right? So it was a great opportunity to, to love her and serve her. It was. Good. Thoughts of Chase or Ross? Uh, cool one that I was part of this year was the pizza, delivering pizzas to the schools um, for teachers. And it's just a way to bless the teachers who are serving our students in the community. And it's kind of been difficult, especially with COVID, getting into the school or chatting. Um, with people to schools, it's, they've been very cautious about things, and um, it's hard to get on campus at times. But it was so nice. We came, we went, and actually uh, gave them all the slips to sign up for pizzas, and we did it a few years ago. And it was cool actually to text with the other community and say, hey, please do that. We need that. Like, that would be awesome. Um, and it was actually, when we were doing that, it was during the spring break for people with measles. So I'd actually forgotten to go to those meetings. And Kim was following up on that, and she went out there, and up the order forms and like we didn't get them <laughs> so anyway Kim ran and did all that and it was such a blessing Kim had some great connections with with the school and like pretty much almost every teacher at Old Eagles was on their team that day 
there's a great connection there on that side of things and how God works in that way. And it just, you know, based my mind. I'm like, I'll contact them next week. And then it was next week, and I was, we were picking them up, and I picked them up. But anyway, God worked that one out, which was great. But making the pizza that day was, was awesome because the community that we have in our church, too, like I know, like, I was working with Crystal and Mona for a while, and um, I haven't got to talk to them in a long time, and it was great to work alongside of them. And now Mona goes to Bible study and stops by my office and says hi and checks in with me. And it's just so great to have that, that connection uh, a little bit more. Um, but anyway, it was nice to serve the community, and I got some great response from uh, the teachers and the principal and the leadership. Um, and even that night, uh, they had a board meeting that we didn't know about. So Kale actually told the whole board about what our community church did to be a blessing we kind of got a shout out there, which was great for us. It was because we're doing it for the Lord. We're doing it for Jesus. Um, and it was cool. Uh, about a week later, I had to go to school or something. And they're like, oh, you're the pizza guy. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. Like, how was that? They're like, that was amazing. Thank you so much. So now I'm kind of the pizza guy right now. So that's great. But um, so that's just been an awesome way to serve and love others in our community and uh, have conversations. One other thing I wanted to mention was um, we potted flowers and delivered them to Shadow Mountain and uh, Chateau Chasta. Well, we actually had just planned for Chateau Chasta, but we had so much flowers left over that we um, saw the night. So Mike lives over there and contacted the managers and stuff, and we delivered to them too. So we ran to the store, got more pots, put some more flowers in. But anyway, we're walking around, and I know some of the students, this is the main project the students got to help with for the day at school. Um, they were walking around, and I, someone yelled at one of the kids, like, you can't be doing that here. And um, like they thought we were soliciting, and they were like, "We're not, like, we're not trying to, you know, ask you for anything." Like, no, there's got to be a catch. Like, you're not just going to give us a free flower. Like, so we had to have a great conversation, and they were very open to that afterwards. And it was really great for the students to be open to standing out or like stepping up and sharing faith and um, be a little bit uncomfortable, which is great. Which we all need to be a little uncomfortable, but let God use us in that way. And um, it was just great to be able to serve people and love people. And how God multiplied that uh, in Josiah City Faithful. Uh, yeah, the unity that we have as a church, but also we're showing that to the students, which is great too. And just to show like how much Jesus loves us and how much Jesus loves you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Chris. <clears throat> yeah, it was really a special time. The whole week was really cool. Uh, right from the get go. And the church came together and I looked up in the Bible, the Psalms 133, and says, Oh Lord, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren and sistermen. All together in unity. That's the word, in unity. And I looked up unity and it means harmonious. Hmm. Um, it's harmonious together. And that's what it was, working together with everyone in the church. And I've been around pastors and bloggers and everything and doing things, but it's the body of Christ was so cool. And it came from all, like Mike said, the different churches. And they gathered together and Friday nights where we have good Friday. Amazing. If we do that again, we got it in the mail. But it's amazing <laughs> the time you get. Beautiful. Tim Saturn really talked about that God gave him grace. I was blessed to get to go with three ladies and stay in this amazing apartment. <laughs> and they must have saw my look at helplessness because they gave me the vacuum. <laughs> 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 they said, you take care of the vacuum. We got the other stuff. I, I can do the vacuum. We were, and it was really fun going down to the Mason apartment, giving the gospel to John to the together, everybody there, the, the people there. And just bringing them over and bringing them out. It was really blessing to see the women in their houses, in their apartment. I did a great job back there. They did. <laughs> but it was really, really a special time. Are we talking about church? Yeah, just a minute, we will. I wanted to come back to something real quick, because um, uh, going back to the moving thing, when, when you guys were able to head over and go help Lori move over here, um, I, just the impact it made on her life. But then, uh, you, Chase, you're saying that one of the students from our ministry, like this is a student who was in our youth group from years back, was there with his dad, because they were, they were over, uh, they live over in that area too. And just the idea, I think, I think Ross was, Chase was share that. I mean, Ross was talking with him or something or sharing with him and just encouraging him to come back to church, and uh, was that you? Yeah. 
Ross was. So, so just, and, and Ross, Ross is kind of nonchalant, jovial way, right? He's serving and loving people, but at, at the same time, we have, we have folks who are, have been part of our church who, have, <clears throat> who certainly have seen that we love each other and know that we're his disciples and now are seeing that back in their face again, like, oh, wow, this, these are Jesus people. Like, this, it's not, we're not just pizza people or moving people. We're Jesus people, right? And, and that's, that's the heart of that. So just the encouragement back towards that young man who has been involved in our ministry in different times, who we've had interaction with his, his father at different times, is now encur- you know, being encouraged by what he's seen and by, by what you're sharing to, to come back and be a part of that. So God doesn't waste any of those accidents, right? We, we say God never gets the address wrong with that. I think it's just the, the long-term um, faithfulness that we show that has an impact. I think sometimes we look and go, <coughs> you know what, like, you got to win them to Christ now. And I think that is sometimes, like, God isn't always doing that. Sometimes it takes a long time, like that student we were talking about. You know, he maybe drifted away a little bit, and it's like, wow, it's not just a Sunday morning mm-hmm. or a Sunday evening or a Wednesday night Bible study that these guys are living for Jesus and want to obey him. They want to do that seven days out of the week. And I think that's the important part for us to learn is to do that every day, not just to do that on Sundays and do it for Sunday morning and Wednesday night. That's not how we, our lives are lived. It's how we need to live every day, and we make mistakes at times, but God's grace is yeah, and and love does. Love does weak. Uh, you don't understand the heart of that week. That is not to create an event. That hey, look at look at what we did. We did an amazing job, and and now we can put hang up our shovels and our gloves and be done. It's all year long. It's all year long, and we you know we we serve widows in our church, not just the week before Easter, right? If you're if you're a widow, if you're in, in need in our church, we want to respond and we want to help. We want to make sure to share and carry burdens for you. And, and, and for everyone, not just widows in our church, but for everyone in, our, in the body, we, we, we do that. We serve and love um, all year long. So when we create a, a space like Love Does, when we make something like Love Does happen, a program like that happen, one of the things you need to understand is those, those programs are replicatable. We make them with, with the thought in mind that, yes, we, we want to step out in faith and we want to trust God and we want God to show up, but they're not so impossible of a task that you or your family or me and my family could do on a given day, any time throughout the year, and replicate it myself. Like my family and I could certainly go down and buy donuts and take them to the police department and tell, tell the city we love them. Right? My, my family can certainly go to a neighbor or a widow in our church and say, I, we're going to go rake and clean your yard. Right? So that, that's how, all these things are, you can take pizzas to your, your kids' teachers. Like it, it's certainly all of these things are replicatable and, and, and should be done throughout the entire year. So they, they're serving as an example where we all come together, and then the hope is, yeah, we're, now we're doing that regularly as best we can, uh, responding to needs or even preemptively just serving the community or people that we're in contact with, right? So it's super important to do that. Um, l- let's share a little bit. Uh, Ross brought up yesterday with me on the phone. Uh, the men, w- some w- men went to a fishing day, uh, fishing trip this Friday, Saturday, or just Saturday uh, this weekend, and I, and I just wanted you to share a little bit of kind of what you felt and saw there. I, I, we've heard it's a raving success. So. Yeah, it was. You know, we had said that love does and groom does an amazing job. We had a really amazing group of people. It was really good. But it was just really special. I have, I'm blessed to have two sons that are married to Baptists. We have two different biracial family members that are married to Baptists. And uh, one daughter's daughter-in-law. Her dad and brothers were there. So cool. They did this amazing event. He went fishing with us. He was having a great time. Yeah. That's a, that's a representation of, of the body of Christ. guys with their lost <laughs> pocket money. I got it. <laughs> so see me afterwards. I yeah. ended up with two. And I don't know. But we had just a really good time of coming together. Yeah. Dan did an amazing job organizing it. You know, and, and that Dan did it on the wing. Setting up the recovery. Yeah. Dan took 
sharing. Jeff shared today a word about Cool. Thanks, you guys, for sharing. I appreciate it. Give, that, give them a hand, please, and appreciate your help. Well, it's so important for us as we think about unity. I mean, that's, that's huge. And Dave, you mentioned it during Sunday school, that, that the gospel message is for all who would believe, right? It's for everybody. It's not just for the Jews. It's, and thank God it's not, because we're not Jewish, right? That it reaches the Gentiles, which we are all a part of. And now we we can embrace Jesus ourselves and have that unity, and we share that unity in Christ, uh, and we grow in Christ, and we grow in the love we have for him. And because he first loved us, we can then go out and love one another. Um, as we go to point number two in your notes, if you're following along, we talked about love does, and uh, love does out of uh, a loving obedience. That's number one. Number two is this. Love does because he is faithful. Because he is faithful. I think sometimes we get into this, this routine where I've got to make sure the results are mine. Like, I, like I've got to make sure to take care of uh, and, and the results are going to happen because I, of how great I am, right? And if, if, if it's all up to me, what does that do? What does that do to you if, it, if, if you feel like you're left, it's all up to you? Then you're God, right? The pressure is on your shoulders, like, I have to do everything perfectly here. And, the, and really, that's not at all true, right? And when we talk about love does and we set up uh, love does opportunities, we, we can try as best we can to plan and organize and structure and, and we know that something's going to change, right? Something's going to happen that we're going to have to adjust. And, and we, we say, you know what? That could be a God thing, right? God might be up to something. Uh, same with the men's fishing trip, right? You have, you have all these plans going forward, but it's not just on one person or, or on a couple people. We trust that they were faithful and then that God is going to be faithful, right? God is the faithful one. So as we, as we prayed through uh, Love Does Opportunities, we started, by the way, with a, a prayer and worship service on Monday night. And we end, ended the week or almost ended the week with a Good Friday service, uh, a community one. How many of you were a part of one or one or both of those? Just raise your hand. Like, yeah, I, I, it was amazing. It was an amazing time to be together. Uh, worship and prayer was awesome, and then going together as the body of Christ, just uniting in a way that that a lot of Mount Shasta hasn't hasn't experienced before uh, and, or seen before. It was it was really a phenomenal time to be together. So, uh, but we have to we have to trust that He is faithful. That God is faithful, um, and. And because God is faithful, that should be used as a motivation and an encouragement for us. It motivates us to pray. If God's going to be faithful, then I'm motivated to say, God, I need you. I need you to show up. Here's what's going on. I'm going to hand this over to you. You're in charge of the results. Uh, so it's a, it's a motivator to pray. And then it's an encouragement that he'll be responsible for the results. He'll be responsible. He won't get the address wrong, whoever he brings into our lives. And I think sometimes we get so bogged down and the burden on our shoulders is so heavy that I've got to make this just perfect. I've got to say the right thing, the perfect thing. We kind of stall and freeze and we don't say anything at all. And that address that he didn't get wrong is sitting there and it just kind of drives on by. It's like I could have had an opportunity to share or love or serve, not in my own capacity, but with the capacity that God has given me because he is faithful. I want to read a couple passages of scripture, one out of Psalm 25. It says, Lord, I appeal to you right, a prayer. I appeal to you, Lord, my God, I trust in you. Do not let me be discouraged. Do not, do not let my enemies gloat over me. See, there's times in our life where we have this, this persecution. We're like, well, I'm going to be embarrassed. Someone's going to say something. They're not going to like what I say. They're going to think differently of me now. And that, that really does control oftentimes what we say or how we say it to people. And it shouldn't. The psalmist is saying, I, I pray that that doesn't happen. Uh, he said, no one who waits for you will be disgraced. Those who act treacher treacherously uh, without cause, will be disgraced. So th there is justice going to be had. People will persecute us. People will shame us or say things against us, but they'll have their day before God as well. Uh, he, he goes on, he says, God, make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to be a learner. I'm willing to be a listener. I'm willing to go where you want me to go. I, I'm willing. Show me those ways. And then at the end he says, I, I wait for you all day long. You know what he's saying is, I need you. I'm willing to go, but I need you. And we ought to say that every single time. Every, every way we served this last, this last Love Does Week should have been in that heart. I'm willing, and, and, but I, I need you. And then he says, remember, in verse 6, Remember, Lord, your compassion and your faithful love, for they have existed from antiquity. I think when he says, remember, Lord, 
I think he wants the Lord to remember that he's, he has a covenant towards him, which does the Lord forget that? No. Who's a reminder really for? Him. It's like, God, I, I, need, a, I need a reminder. Like I'm reminding myself, Lord, your compassion is great and your faithful love is great. They've existed from antiquity. You, you have loved me with a hesed love from before I was even thought of. He says, do not remember the sins of my youth or acts of my rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, Lord. And it goes on. The Lord is good and upright. Therefore, he shows sinners the way. Right? I, God, show me I'm willing. He leads the humble in what is right. And he teaches them his way. And finally, in verse 10, all the Lord's ways show faithful love and truth to those who keep his covenant decrees. This goes back to our first point, right? We lovingly obey. We lovingly obey. Why? Because our second point, he is faithful. He first loved us and he is faithful. So we seek him. We, we, we pray to him. Psalm 143, Lord, hear my prayer. In your faithfulness, listen to my plea. And in your righteousness, answer me. God, we're going to pray. We're going we're gonna to ask you to do some great things. And if you change the address on us, great. But we want you to remain faithful. We want your righteousness to be seen. So we hold on to him. We hold on to his instruction. We hold on to his word. We hold on to his love for us. And we pray. The author of Hebrews says, let us hold on to the confession of hope without wavering. Since Why can we do it without wavering? Even though our plans might change and that feels like wavering. Why can we hold on without wavering? Since he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. If God is going to be faithful, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on tight or I'm going to hold on. We see this even in the midst of persecution or, or ridicule. I, I read this in the, in, during our sermon series um, when we talked about you will be my witnesses. We talked about evangelism, what that looks like in our Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But we talked about this idea, idea of prayer and, and putting ourselves in just in obedience to God. And, and we see this in the early church when Peter and John were arrested because they, or they were interrogated at least because they had healed a blind man in the name of Jesus and they're teaching in the name of Jesus. And the Pharisees and the teachers and the rulers are like, no, no, no more of that. This Jesus guy is done and dead. We want him gone. Stop talking about him. It's over. And so they went back with those instructions. They were let go and said, do not do it anymore. And they went back to the church, the, the group of people, and said, listen, this is what they said. They said, we can't do this anymore. No more talking about Jesus. They are mad. They would have killed us, but the crowd was there. Um, they, they were reporting that. And remember what happened? They all prayed. They all prayed. So they went to their people and told them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices to God and said. So this is, again, the attitude of prayer that you and I should have. Saying, God, we're holding on to you. You're faithful. So they, said, they said this. Master, speaking of God, you are the one who made heaven and earth and the sea and everything in them. You're the boss, right? Uh, you said through the Holy Spirit by the mouth of your servant David, why do the Gentiles rage and the peoples uh, plot futile things? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers assemble together against the Lord and against his Messiah. What are they saying? God, I don't know why people are rejecting you. They're rejecting you in vain. It will not work. They go, they go on praying. It says, for in fact, in this city, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, they assembled together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. So going back, they're telling God, we know, we remember, this has been done before. They, they went against Jesus. They're wanting to go against us. Uh, and, and they wanted to do whatever uh, your hand and your will, uh, they only were allowed to do whatever your hand predestined them to do. They killed the Lord Jesus. And in verse 29 it says, And now, Lord, consider their threats. So are they aware that people aren't going to like them? Yes. Are they aware that they're actually being persecuted and, and, and threatened with death? Yes. At least imprisonment? Yes, they are. So they go to the Lord and say, we're holding on. We're holding on. We, they say this, consider their threats and grant, give to your servants that we might be able to speak your word with all boldness. He said, forget what they want, Lord. We're, we're following you. We're holding on to you. You're going to be faithful. Uh, and we're going to speak the word with all boldness while you, while you, they, like God, it's not just up to us. While you stretch out your hand for healing and signs and wonders are performed in the name of your servant, Jesus. When they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak the word of God boldly. Hold on. Right? We've got to hold on and, and, and know that, that he is faithful. He's the one 
that's going to take care of that. We just hold on to him and trust in him. And we see what happens and God provides and God provides and God provides. We can be bold. We can love because he is faithful to provide exactly what we need with those he puts in our path. So uh, the second portion now, I want to bring up David and Lori Holst. And they're going to share about their trip to Belize. Uh, and kind of so we did a domestic thing here, and they're, they're more international. They're going to talk about what God did in his faithfulness there as well. So let's, let's give them a round of applause, welcome them, and hear from them. Thanks. So, again, um, it was Love Does towards Belize while you guys were here, and we were very excited to be there. Those, again, the PPM staff who met us very warmly very much took care of us, especially when we got there. So, no, I didn't get to ride in the back of the truck the whole time. Um, that would have been great. Uh, but we had a small team. That was us heading south with Kevin. And again, this is where we serve. You can see it says the full gospel church, Benke. We were near the Guatemala, Guatemala border. Um, was and this is the team with that we served with. This was uh, Erica and Joe are in the middle. We're there to the left, and that's the ball from We also had three. And again, Crane Pelicans, our idea was kind of evaluating whether it's a place we going, met us warmly, and they really took care of the infrastructure. So, it is praying for us, and I'm happy to be We felt very provided for. So the first one, just to remind you, um, is Pastor Raul, Pastor Inspired in came also um, in that church, and so that was a really special aspect of this. Kevin was. Specifically, directing helpful to inspire and encourage. So that was something I think that PPM doesn't always isn't always a thing. Special to have him be fully involved in his church as well as being. And so on Sunday morning, their church and their heart for making disciples. In this slide, um, you'll see the youth leading the children's um, hour that they have. And what a delight. The youth are anywhere from 13 to 30, and they were fully in charge. And it was such a pleasure to see how creative they were, this specifically, uh, when they were teaching the memory verse. And they were also very creative in their Bible story representation as well as in Other team members there are Garrett and his children, and um, Erica and Celeste and the girls, and Garrett all prepared beforehand messages, special music, and scriptures to share so that the church leadership could have a break. That was really special. That was a great aspect. And then um, through our donations from FTC as well as other teams, Donations. We were able to bring a lot of supplies down there to leave with the church, and here is here are some of them that represent games, soccer balls, parachutes, that kind of fun stuff that they will also be able to um, be using, as well as craft supplies and um, building supplies. So it was a wonderful time, not only to just come down and serve them, but also 
with them so that they would be encouraged to continue making disciples. Next slide. The uh, next thing on our prayer card said team members David Laurie, Taylor said Joe, Garrett Sanders would have humble, flexible attitude and be in unity with the church, not be limited by language barriers, have good health, physical protection, led by the Holy Spirit. And unfortunately, I did pray for a completely open spirit. That resulted in myself and Joe in the very first youth group to be called up in front to dance with the kids. That is not in my wheelhouse, but it was a direct answer to prayer um, about whether I would humble myself and do what I was called to do. Um, next slide. The... Um, Again, the youth were uh, amazing. One of the prayer requests, we were on a, a Spanish-speaking primarily area, but it is an English commonwealth, so their, their schools are in English. The vast majority of the kids that we were speaking to, we had lots of translators, lots of ability to translate. And these are, again, some of the five youth members. Next slide. Um, another prayer request that it would be um, the Ball children were delightful. They had a six-year-old Hudson nine-year-old and 12-year-old. And it just really, I think, their little ministry very well received just a lot of support. Next slide. They did give us a little bit of a break. Um, and again, this is sort of an idea. They really looked after us. The food they provided was um, all the aspects of the trip, praying for these Again, someone asked about the, it's an interesting thing down there, the uh, Ball family came up with family They did a, So one of the things that they had us as you know, beforehand, Pelican Guide, and part of that is trip um, person with a mission statement across the mission leave it, lunge for it, get outside my comfort zone, and then live it out of the Holy Spirit rather than my power. That lay for me on Sunday when our first leader, Kevin, said, hey, why don't we develop talks on Monday night for the youth for purity and for sex education, being the doctor here. And also, let's do something for couples on Tuesday night and do a marriage thing. And so that was, again, what Brandon was saying. It's like, okay, prepared to do that, but let's see what we can do. So that was in my wheelhouse, again, just out of my comfort zone. So I really helped to, um, God just used my gift of uh, help prepare and organize those talks. So that was me up there out of my comfort zone. So that was really fun. The next couple of um, prayer requests wanted to highlight are um, basically that the community, especially the teenagers, would have open hearts to the gospel and the and also that our mission projects would be medical, building, ministry. This picture shows some of the youth. Again, they're 13 to 30, they're very eager, they're educated in English, and so they are very capable of doing um, uh, a lot of translating for us, and they were with us every day, just very eager to have conversations with us and practice their English and help in any way they could. Um, next slide. And um, so one of the first things we did was the food ministry, and that involved going to a bulk grocery store of sorts and buying supplies and then bringing them back to the church. And what you see in this slide is us preparing 20 bags of supplies and food to take to needy families. This was one of the first places that we went to visit, and I show this slide just because it um, just represents the extreme poverty that's there. And it broke my heart because this was a couple, uh, a believer, couples that are couples of believers, and they're in their 80s now. He is bedridden, she is blind. And they formerly, according to Kevin, would go around to the different churches and sing. And now they are in this extreme poverty situation. So Kevin brought us in, and we were able to just listen to their stories. And then he said, why don't we sing to them? And that just, in many ways, broke my heart because I thought they aren't able to sing anymore, and that was their ministry. And so 
that was one of the examples of the food ministry visitation that was really great. Next slide. Again, just the students communicating with us and wanting to be involved. They brought their siblings to VBS, and this is the Bible uh, time, and so they sat with their siblings and helped them to be a little bit more attentive. Next slide. Um, then they helped us to translate during the craft time. Next slide. And they also helped us with the games and just really fully in participated there. One of my sweetest memories was this uh, young mother. She had a two-year-old, and she faithfully brought this little two-year-old. He was dressed to the hilt, and he was <laughs> participating in everything because she would take him around, and she made sure that even to the level of a two-year-old self was able to participate in all the things. And so it was really a multi-generational kind of time. Next slide. And this was a huge blessing for Pastor Saul and his wife, Guadalupe. If you can picture on this concrete slab, um, Guadalupe does her laundry out there, she does her dishes out there, and she also passes out food, food for the food ministry out there in the blazing sun, which was basically in the mid-90s with no humidity. So what we were helping to provide through our, fund uh, our donations from here and then other donations was the building supplies for this addition. Pastor Saul works full time, and he was able to take off a day and a half to help begin this project. So we helped him as best as we could for the time that we were there, and then he will continue um, building that in the days and weeks to come. Also, you can see in the background our fearless bus. That was the way, the way that we were transported all over the place. Some uh, reflections on the trip. Next slide. Um, my big uh, challenge to myself as I was going was it's costly. It's not that much time. Is it worth it? Um, and I think this picture kind of sums that up in terms of you go down thinking you're doing projects, you're working, you're doing things, and it's really about relationships. Jesus was a carpenter, but you don't hear any stories about being a carpenter. Spending time with people. And it, it was just the, the time spent with brothers and sisters of Christ and reaching out and doing those things. It's just amazing. Next slide. Um, this is Rodolfo and his wife, Patty, who are about 19 months pregnant. And I got to work through some simple things with them with their pregnancy. And we also established through WhatsApp a number of contacts with a number of the youth and there that were ongoing. Rebecca and I were praying for um, and it, again, the relationship far surpassed anything that I could Next slide. This was our last night, and we were praying there, and that's, of course, the American flag and the Brazilian flag. And that's just, again, the unity of the two churches together, sharing with each other and uh, caring about each other. Um, next slide. Um, in closing, I get, one of the things that hit me really hard during this time was when we were touring the Mayan temple. Because as we're at the Mayan temple, the, the guide is talking about these amazing ruins. But also, when something was going wrong in that culture, when there was a famine, when there was something bad going on, their answer was human sacrifice. It would be whether it was a child or whether it was someone else, uh, they, they participated in that. And as we're there right before Easter, what I'm thinking about is God's sacrifice. God didn't ask us to sacrifice our or our wife, or our son. God sacrificed his son. <clears throat> and that was just super powerful. Picture, we, is as we were leaving, it's just a reminder of, um, of the location we serve, the people we got to love and serve and spend time with, and the reminder of, again, as we were doing Love Does here, we got to participate there. You know, our big saying has been pray, giving, and going, right? We all praying. Everything was answered on our trip. Everything was answered during that time. Giving, I think we have all consistently given and will continue to give. And the opportunity to go, and that's what we're talking about here, wherever God calls us. And hopefully, a team next week. So, what are your, obviously God was faithful to provide in all those ways, and we, and before they left, we commissioned them and prayed for them. We prayed through all of those prayer requests, and you've been praying uh, along with uh, with them as you were gone. Um, it, it's awesome. That, that's what we're talking about, right? God is faithful. We, we love does because God is faithful. 
And we, we hold on for dear life sometimes, not knowing, having a clue what to expect, but God ends up being faithful in that. What would you, what would you encourage, or how would you encourage us? Um, by the way, we have a table out in the lobby after service, and we're going to talk about that, that missions involvement card. But David and Lori are going to be out there to answer questions, um, and, and kind of maybe, maybe God's stirring in your heart, like, this is something I need to do. Um, how would you encourage us, especially, and you mentioned it a little bit, I've, I've very much been in the same camp, like, why would I pay however much? Let's, let's say you pay $1,500 to, to go on a mission trip to Belize, right? I'm like, there are people there, can't, won't $1,500 go farther if I just send my money, right? And, and the answer is yes, in some ways, but if God's calling, it's God's money and God's going to do something. So how would you encourage us through that process of, of determining, am I called and, and why, how is God going to be faithful even if I think it would be better used a different way? I think, again, two things. One is certainly if God is calling you to directly give and not go, that's awesome. Um, I think that is not a wrong thing. I think, again, though, the reminder of relationships, understanding, and being a part of the body of Christ. Um, and I hate to put it this way as Americans, we frequently spend that much to go on a vacation. Right. Right? Um, so to take that opportunity to be able to change our vision to really understand the body of Christ, to be able to, and, and also to encourage them. Even though they have a pretty functional church, it was so encouraging to them that we care about them, that we are willing to come down, that we are willing to help meet needs. Um, it, I think it was strongly encouraging and rewarding. Even as I came back, and I'm pretty committed to trying to outreach evangelism, I've been much more praying with people, talking to people, sharing Christ with people. So it's definitely changed me in a good direction. I think, too, what you're seeing from David and I is a process of 30 years. And we weren't always single-minded. We weren't always just committed to going and doing things. But I think it starts with a willing heart. And when we've been hammering on Acts 1-8 and some of the other scriptures uh, for this last six months or so, that's where it starts. And that's where we need to begin is the disciples go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Acts 1-8, you will receive power then to do that. And so I think a lot of it just starts with a willing heart, and it doesn't have to be huge things. That's what we're doing Love Does for. It can be local. It can be us risking and going down to the Bay Area a few years ago and uh, kind of trembling in our boots a little bit to go and minister to Muslims, and yet Josiah and out of that. And so now we get to partner with them and encourage them in their, in their missionary work. And so I think it just starts with a little mustard seed of faith and then just a willing heart and then just saying, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to give. And you want me to go? Great. Good deal. Well, thanks, you guys. Appreciate that a lot. Um, give me a hand again. We'll... finish up our time together with our third point and then we'll finish up with some worship and uh and i encourage you to grab that pink card in your uh, worship folder and if you didn't get one you can grab one at the kiosk uh, in the lobby afterwards but we'd love to have you fill that out if you're interested in that if you're just just saying I, you know, i'm willing i'm willing to do something here when the need arises i'm willing to do something maybe uh in the in the states if we go somewhere i'm willing to do something internationally uh you can sign up and uh and drop those cards off we would appreciate that on the table uh, with David and Lori, you can also sign up with them and get more information about uh, a future Belize trip. I think it's a, an amazing opportunity uh, for many in our church to be able to go uh, perhaps next year to a, to a work project with, uh, with Praying Pelicans. So we'd love to have you do that as well. So make sure you take that card and do that. Final, final point. You know, we talked about the idea that, that we love, uh, love does out of a, of a loving obedience. We talked to that love does because God is faithful, that we can hold on to him and say, God, you're going to show up. You're going to do the work here. Finally, love does, number three, so people can see Jesus. That's, that's the point. That has to be the point. So people can see Jesus, right? Uh, you love one another so that people will see that you are my disciples, he says. Like, he, we want to show off God's love to people. We want to show off Jesus to people. It's all about Jesus. So it's not about your power and what you can do and about how amazing your life is. It's about how amazing Jesus is and what he's done for you. A couple verses to finish up with Matthew uh, chapter 5, uh, verses 14 to 16. It says, you are the light of the world. You, talking about you and I. Are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. 
No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they might see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We do it to point to Jesus. We do it to point others to our Father who is in heaven. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, You, you and I as believers, we're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are a people for his own possession. Who is that? That's, that's anyone and everyone who would believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That they are saved and they are now his possession, his family. But he goes on, he says, so that. So we're God's people, we're God's chosen. Why? So that you may proclaim the praises or the excellencies of the one, of the one, the Lord Jesus, who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That, that's, our, that's our marching orders. That's what we do. We, we proclaim the excellencies of the one who called us out of darkness and into his light. And, and reminder, once you were not a people, you were off doing your own thing in your own way. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, people should see that, that we have received the mercy of God and that we are his people our love, love doing things practically should point people to Jesus. Final verse in John 15, it wraps up, I think, all of what we've talked about today. Jesus says this, this is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. Sound familiar? He said this a lot. Here's my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this. Then they lay down their life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I heard from my father. You see the the difference there? That's a heart thing. It's not just a do it or else, shape up or else. It's I want to, out of of an overflow of love for my Savior, of what he's done for me, I want to sacrifice myself in the same way. It occurred to me as you shared about the idea of going, going internationally on a mission trip. That, that there may have be, been times actually in my own life where I've used that as an excuse, like, ah, I'm just going to send money. And maybe I'm actually called to go, right? And, 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 and oftentimes we think, well, it's, it's, it's a waste of money. It's not. I mean, you're right. We spend more than that on a vacation, maybe on a family vacation. And maybe I'd have to use vacation days and, oh, no, sacrifice those for a mission trip. And maybe that's what God is calling us to do, to sacrifice. Greater love has no one than this than he laid down his life for his friends. There's a sacrifice involved there. He says, he goes on and says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I love that. God chose us. God grabbed onto us. He says, I appointed you to go and produce fruit, and, your, and that fruit should remain. Go. He, he's chosen you. He's grabbed onto you. And he said, I've appointed. I've, I've made it so that you would go and produce a fruit. Go and show the world that you know Jesus. He says, that fruit there, when it, when it remains, he says, you'll do that. Whatever you ask, when you pray, when you ask in my Father's name, he will give it to you. This is what I've commanded you, love one another. So it talks about prayer. It talks about God's faithfulness. It talks about us being obedient out of love to God. And that the, the greatest command is that we would love one another. Love does. I hope you see that. I hope you realize that. Listen, today, as we, as we finish up, worship team, if you want to come on back up. As we finish up today, I want you to be thinking about, God, what do you want me to do? How, what, are you, what are you appointing me to produce fruit in? What ways are, should I be producing a fruit? And maybe you need to ask and talk about that. And feel free to do that during the week. Give us a call and let's meet and, and chat and help you under, understand what your role might be. But, but more importantly right now, as you think about missions and, and, and being obedient to that, there's tons of ways to pray. We have that pamphlet in the, in the bulletin. We have the one behind the, the Bible in there. The, the missionaries we support. All kinds of ways you can be praying for God to be faithful, and he will be faithful in the ways uh, in the persecuted church all throughout the world. Ways that we can serve and work uh, both locally and domestically and internationally, like different ways on that pink card. You can say, I want, I want more information. When this comes up, I, I need to really count the cost and see, am I, it, it, maybe that's me. So use that card. Uh, so it's, we're going to stand. Let's stand together, if you would, please. We're going to just respond right now in faith to God and say, God, you are faithful, and we're going to give you all the glory, and, and you, you alone are worthy. And, and, and as we respond to God, know that, that there'll be someone in the back prayer room there, that glass slider door. If you go in the lobby, there's someone going to be there in the prayer room you can pray with if you need to have prayer. But now's a response. Now's the time to respond to God's word, respond to God's faithfulness, to overflow with song, maybe, maybe be silent in prayer, whatever, whatever God's calling you to do.
Let's use these next three songs as we sing just to, to, to preach to ourselves, to sing to one another, to be encouraged by God's word, and to make, make a decision, have a conviction in our heart that we are going to love God because he first loved us, and we're going to love others out of that love for him, however he assigns us to. All right? Let's go ahead and sing.